you must allow me to tell you how arrogantly I admire and love you. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I, I love, I love you. I can't even start off the episode with giving you a welcome. Imagine someone, imagine someone telling you that after you thought they were the worst person in the world. Imagine someone coming up to you and expressing that amount of emotion just out of the blue, but not out of the blue because you always knew it was going to be there. Welcome to our last and final episode of Tolerable Discussions. And this episode is about the man of all of our dreams, Mr. Darcy. Now, when talking about Mr. Darcy, I can't even wrap my head around the full thing. Like I mentioned in the previous episodes, I've seen the 2005 remake of The Pride and Prejudice 50 million times. It's my comfort movie. I find myself back there at least once a week. That's why I was so happy to finally read the book. And so everybody else could see Mr. Darcy. I mean, the man is incredible. But why? Why do I think this man is incredible? We see Darcy fall in love. It's something that only the reader can see and you want Elizabeth to know so badly. After their first encounter of him calling her just tolerable, you're like, what? What kind of dude would just be like, oh, she's tolerable, she's average, but her sister's gorgeous. And for her to overhear it and come back, and when he asks, well, how do you find affection? How do you show affection? And Elizabeth says, through dancing, but your partner can't be tolerable. Just the comeback, and ever since that moment, she had a special spot in his mind. She didn't take over his heart like Jane took over Mr. Bingley's. She bewitched his mind and his body completely. This man is literally just He's everything. I don't even know how to explain it. Every time I watch a clip from the movie, I just get chills. I get like sweaty. Like, I don't know. I get like, it's like I almost get nervous because he has this nervousness about himself that you can't explain. Let's talk about the letter for a minute. Now, I don't know if I'm the only person that had to stop after pretty much every sentence of the letter because of how raw the emotion was. Like I mentioned in other episodes, by him writing a letter, yes, it goes with the time. He wasn't going to give her a phone call or anything, but they've already discussed her love for reading. And he wrote it like a book would be written, right? Event after event. He went through everything they talked about in their conversation before. After he told her that he loved her and, hey, marry me. Yes, it was a terrible proposal. But it just goes to show that men really never know the first thing a woman might want. But then again, it could just be in my opinion. It's said 
so many times that why Mr. Darcy is one of the greatest male characters ever written is because he was written by a female. Mr. Darcy is such a dream because a woman wrote him. A woman knows. She knows what you would want a man. You want a man to be vulnerable, but not let off easily, right? Darcy wasn't upfront vulnerable he had this wall against him and you slowly are captivated by him letting down the walls him putting his guards down with elizabeth reinforcing herself because she's the strong um protagonist she doesn't fall in love like her sisters may she doesn't have this ideal of she wants to be in love so badly darcy doesn't either but you see him break down and you see him fall and trip into this lock of just her the embodiment of the trope i hate everyone else in the world except you it's truly amazing i mean i can read over darcy's lines a million times and still every single time just be captivated by this feeling of just awe it's spectacular. It's it's something to just read over and over again. It's just you enjoy it. You enjoy the awkwardness and the clamminess of what you you don't really know what's going on. You feel it. There's this scene in the movie where after Elizabeth and him say goodbye to each other, he holds her hand as she gets on the carriage. And quickly turns and walks away like he's embarrassed and like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. You know, oh my God, I, can't, I, I touched her, you know, that type of thing. And his hand, um, it goes from a fist to just like an open palm. And like, he's like shaking it to show his nervousness, to show him letting his, it's so beautiful. I, I just, I don't know. The man is incredible. But for a minute, let's talk about his pride. Because like I said, this book is literally the title, Pride and Prejudice. Who's pride and who's prejudice? Well, Darcy is obviously pride. Elizabeth talks about it when she's basically cussing him out. She's telling him off. She's telling him about himself. You did this, this, that, and this. He did this in the third. And she's right. Very prideful. But for what reason? Darcy's downfall is that He's so prideful, he doesn't see the effect he has on other people. He thinks he knows, but is he truly? There's an insecurity about him. There's this weird weariness about him that you can't really touch. But through him learning so much about Elizabeth, him being so infatuated with her at first, well, not really at first, but as he begins to grow an infatuation with this woman, these people weren't attracted to each other in the beginning. It seemed like she hated him and he paid her no mind, but he was paying her mind. And she kept thinking about him because they kept seeing each other. They kept reinforcing each other. Something that's very interesting to say about this book is this book is not a love story, but it's the story of love. One of the many stories of love. Based on the time period, we kind of, you could kind of guess that yes, at the end of the day, she was going to get married to someone. And was that person going to be Darcy? It might be a cliche. But the greatness of it is how they fall in love. 
it's not so much she just automatically falls for him. It's he grows into falling in love with her. They've been in front of each other this whole time. They're seeing each other. They're reading each other. They're going on walks. And he's noticing like, oh, you like to walk. You like to read. Okay. So everything is, every gesture he makes is a pass towards her. Getting her to realize, getting her to notice. It's almost like when your friends bring up like um something that's like, this reminded me of you. Or didn't you once say, it makes you feel like they've actually listened to you. And it makes you feel appreciated. That's exactly what Darcy's doing to Elizabeth through the whole book. His pride gets in the way, but as soon as she calls him out on it, it's like he switches. He told this woman that he barely knows his whole life story, basically. He wrote it down in a letter. The letter is so good, I, I want to have it painted on my walls. I just, I, I mean... I love you most arrogantly. Who doesn't want to hear that every day? It's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty much speechless every time. And after finishing this podcast, I will probably watch the movie again just to feel that way. It's refreshing. It's new. It's nothing that you've heard of. It's usually they fall in love or she falls for the guy, the, you know, the damsel in distress. This is tropes that have been used over and over again. We see it with Lydia. We see it with Jane. You know, we see this settle of just, well, I'm just going to have to be satisfied. Elizabeth's best friend, Charlotte, that's what she did to the creepy Mr. Collins. She just fell for it. Okay, whatever. But we see Darcy fall in love with Elizabeth while Elizabeth is hating him and he's behind the scenes doing stuff for her to benefit her paying Wickham even though he knows that he's a bad man paying him to marry Lydia because he knows that they'll have a step up in their family that'll make the family seem a lot better gets Jane and Bingley back together and then finally makes his move on Elizabeth running across a field and telling someone that they have bewitched you, body and mind. And so the audience, we're sitting there and we're looking at it like, yep, he's right. He pretty much did. We just seen it. We seen it all happen. Mr. Darcy, one of the greatest characters to ever read. Um, if there's one thing I could thank Jane Austen for, it is creating him. Because he sets principles. Everybody says the most relatable character in this book is Elizabeth, but why not Darcy? Having to open up to someone. Learning another person, but also learning yourself. Taking the worst parts of yourself and getting rid of them for someone. That's not even, you don't even know if they're watching half the time. You're nervous, you're clammy when you're around them. You can't be so tall and strong because this person makes you feel so squishy and warm, you know? It's great. And at the end of the day, to everyone else, he's still Mr. Darcy. But with Jane, not with Jane, with Elizabeth, he's this totally different person.
incandescently happy. That's how the 2005 movie ends. It ends with Mr. Darcy asking Elizabeth what she would like to be called. Elizabeth, Mrs. Darcy. Um, what would she like to be called? Lady, you know, whatever. And she ends it by saying, only call me Mrs. Darcy when you're incandescently happy. Incandescently is a word that has like 14 letters in it. But she says that. Only call me Mrs. Darcy when you're incandescently happy. And he says, then how, he, he says something like, then how are you, Mrs. Darcy? And that's like when the tears come out and you're just like, why did I watch this movie again? Now I have to live on this high of just, I want to fall in love so badly. Where is Mr. Darcy? Mr. Darcy's in all of us. Anybody could be like that. It's change. This book resembles so much change. Reflecting society. Darcy's one of those characters that sh you know is out there. Everybody can channel their inner Mr. Darcy. We don't always have to act so tough. You find somebody. It could be somebody in a relationship. It could be a friend. You find somebody and they make you want to be more vulnerable. They soften you up. Because they get to know you and you get to know them. The book is great. Jane and Darcy. Very complex characters. Very similar. Pride and Prejudice. Very, they're, they're too similar almost. And I believe that's why they hate each other so much. In the beginning. They were too similar. It was like talking in a mirror. From two different perspectives. From the perspective of... I know everything because I'm wellly educated and I know everything because I'm wellly educated. Plus I'm a woman who's wellly educated. So I don't have to confine to whatever you have to say, you know, lovely, great way to end this episode, these episodes, great way to end our series. And thank you for listening to tolerable discussions with me. And I hope that one day you reread this book again and you find incandescent happiness or that one day you find someone who bewitches you body and mind. Find yourself an Elizabeth. Find yourself a Darcy. If you end up with a Wickham or Collins, don't settle for satisfaction. Settle for happiness. Thank you.